Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode, second one this week. Um, today, going to get right into it. Tonight, going to get right into it. Um, I wanted to focus on um, the disastrous season that Arsenal has had and bowing out out of the uh, Europa League semifinals to... VRL, um, hats off to them, uh, better team through both legs for sure, um, Arsenal kind of fortunate to get, um, a penalty in, in the first leg that I don't think was really a PK, um, VRL still had probably another one or two good chances where they could have extended the lead, easily could have been three, 4-1 or 3-4-0 to tell you the truth because of the penalty um, and they could have they could have won it rather easily and um, you know Unai Emery comes back to the Emirates and gets a win good for him um, wish them all the best in the final going to be very tough against the Manchester United team that's rolling right now um, even though City's kind of I think if City win this week they have officially clinched the um, Premier League title. Um, but yeah, um, good luck to them in the finals. It should be, uh, I think it will, actually will be, I think, a good final. Um, Villarreal will probably look to catch Manchester United on the counterattack and to try to score from there. Um, and like I said, uh, United's been rolling, um, although they did allow... Was it like three or four goals? I guess to Roma in in this last round. Roma isn't exactly um, a world beater, but um, that's something to just keep keep in the back of your mind. Could be high scoring. Um, so um, getting into the lineups, you know, Jaka gets hurt in the warmups and um, in the post game. Arteta says something along the lines of, you know, um, Jaka got hurt and he threw a wrench through our plans. Uh, Okay, this team has never played around Jaka or attacked through Jaka or done anything that involved Jaka being an attacking force or whatever you want to call it. So that's interesting that he said that. It's not like this is the second or third or best player on this club where you kind of everything runs through him and you know he gets... Um, injured in warm-ups and now your whole plan is is gone and now you have to rethink everything and even if that is the case you kind of have to have a plan b a plan c a plan d because that's what the great managers do look portugal lost ronaldo in the finals of the uh euro cup and they still came back in a one in a match that they probably shouldn't have won with the amount of chances that france had and you kind of knew that Portugal was going to hit them on one counter, score, and then defend for their lives, which is exactly what they did. So you have to have a plan A, plan B, and plan C. Second thing is, I don't even know what the, what the heck the formation was. If it's three at the back, he threw Tierney in to play, um, I guess, as a, as a center back. Why would you do that when you have uh, Gabriel? And I think there was another, I think Chambers was also on the bench. Why would you do that? He's coming back from an injury. Again, you're throwing him. He's played center back before, but it's not his you know, left back position. Why would you even do that? Why not throwing Gabriel there? 
He's been pretty good this season. I get that you're throwing in Tierney because, you know, this is the last roll of the dice, but you're going all out. But you have to... Um, he should have just switched back to a, a 4-2-3-1 or 4-1-4-1 or something like that. Not three at the back with, with Tierney. And I, I'm pretty sure Tierney was a, a center back that match. Um, the other thing I'll say is the starting both Emil Smith-Rowe and Udegaard I don't think was the right decision uh, because when you go into a match like this, at least this is the way I look at it, um, you kind of have to plan for everything ahead. So this is where I say you have to have a plan A, B, C, D, whatever. Um, if Arsenal were down in this match or if it was nil-nil, as was the case in the semifinal tie, uh, towards the end of the match, Arsenal kind of threw you know, all these strikers and wingers out at uh, Villarreal and, you know, they took off Udegaard and it doesn't matter who came on for him, but now you have a bunch of wing players and mid or wing players and strikers and there's really no one to give them the ball, which is why I would have started either Emil Smith-Rowe or Udegaard. And then you could sub, you know, one guy for the other, or if you want, you know, you could have taken off Saka at some point and threw on Odegaard or, or Emil Smith-Rowe, depending on which guy he would would have started the match with. Like this, you're kind of... Our attacks were literally starting from Rob Holding and Pablo Mari. Nothing against the two of them, but those are not the two guys you want with the ball when you need to score a goal. No offense. You want your playmakers having the ball. So that's that's another thing I'll say. I, I didn't I didn't really like that. And again, I get that you're going all out, but the way the match started, it didn't look like Arsenal was going all out. Everything started from the back. There was no real urgency, and I get it. You only need one goal, so maybe, you know, from the get-go, you don't have that urgency where you have to score right away, right away, because you're going to open up yourself and, you know, Villarreal hits you on one counterattack and they score, which they still did very well um, throughout the match, hitting Arsenal counters, and they should have scored at least a goal or two. Um, very quick players, uh, great in transition. Um, so they did a lot of that to Arsenal, but you can't do that in a magnitude of this game. Another thing I'll say is Thomas Partey has been uh, also a note on Udegaard. I get that he's he's receiving some um, pushback, you know, from from the matches that he's had recently. He hasn't really recovered from that injury he had with Norway, where he, I think he twisted his ankle or it was something like that. He just hasn't looked the same. Like he was exceptional when he came to the club, his first like six, seven matches, whatever it was, he was really good. And then, you know, he kind of twisted his ankle and he hasn't been the same since. Um, I get the, I think he missed a match or two and then he came back, but he just hasn't been that same player since he came back. Um, Thomas Partey, uh, he's very nonchalant. Um, I didn't, I didn't. I bought into the hype because everyone else kind of bought into the hype, you know, coming from Atletico Madrid, and he's been a starter there for like five, six years, and, you know, guy doesn't miss a match, and, and all these things, and then, you know, he gets injured a lot for Arsenal in his first season, he's very nonchalant on the ball, um, it almost feels like he can, he feels like no one can tackle him, which is not the case, there was a couple times where, you know, um, Villarreal cut him off, and they hit Arsenal again on a, on a small little counter where they, it was kind of like three on two or four on two. Luckily, they didn't capitalize. Not that it didn't really matter at the end because they still went through, but it's very nonchalant. And I've noticed that, 
you know, almost from the minute that he came to the club and he started playing for Arsenal, he's very nonchalant on the ball, which is something that he's going to have to um, get a little better with. I don't know if pairing him up with someone else, like a more defensive midfielder, um, would help him out a little bit because he wouldn't necessarily be the last, um, how do I say, the last man of the two or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so maybe pairing him, pairing him up with a more defensive midfielder would help. Um, but yeah, uh, just very nonchalant. And like I said, I noticed that in previous matches in both the Premier League and Europa League. Uh, I think he did that. I think it was Benfica or, or someone else where it, I was kind of like, oh God, like he does this a lot. And even in the Premier League, there's a bunch of matches where he um, kind of did the same thing. Um, the Abba... Aubameyang header, you know, he hit the post twice, um, but, the, but the second one, uh, first of all, great cross from Bayern, um, Alba just skied over everyone, you know, hits the, hits the post, and man, the only thing I could think of at that moment was, you know, that miss that he had against Olympiacos, which was, I think it was a late miss as well, um, where he kind of, I forget what it was, but it was very close to netting. I think that could have put Arsenal through if they had scored. And man, I'm sitting there when he misses, and I'm like, man, like another miss. Like what this does to his confidence, and I just feel bad for the guy because he's dealt with a lot this season. Um, and to have two of the misses that he had, one against Olympiacos, one against Villarreal, like he's the guy that you want the ball to fall to. And it's crazy that sometimes you just that's how it works out. Um, and like I said, it was a great cross from Bayern. Bayern gets a lot of stick from the fans. Like I get that his performances aren't that great, but that was the best cross we had probably all match and we should have scored on it. So, um, I get, I get, I get the criticism that he has. He's probably not Arsenal quality and one reason why he's going to leave, um, this summer, but, um, you know, it's easy to blame him as a scapegoat. I feel like it's so easy to blame Baron for everything. Um, but yeah, you'd bank on, on, on Abba scoring that, you know, 9 out of 10 times. But unfortunately, it just hasn't been... It wasn't his game, and it really hasn't been his season, to tell you the truth. It hasn't really been anyone's season for Arsenal. Um, if we're looking at it, maybe Saka is kind of the standout in Neil Smith-Rowe. But um, in terms of the players, it, it just hasn't been our season. And... Um, like I said, uh, Villarreal deserved to go through. Um, one thing I'll say is I get fans also being upset with, you know, taking Aubameyang off there at the end. Yeah. Arteta could have easily gone with, you know, taking off a holding or a Pablo Mari. Again, this is where um, I kind of said that, you know, that's where our attacks were starting from, from Pablo Mari and, and, and the holding. That's what it felt like. Um, but um, But yeah, and, you know, for the first time, there's conflicting reports. It's either the first time since 92 or 95 that Arsenal have don't have European competition. Whatever the case may be, it's been a very long time. Um, 29 years or whatever the other one is, 25, 26. Um, so a very long time. So it, it, this isn't just, you know, uh, Arsenal the, doesn't have European football. Uh, it's also, you know, Arsenal, it, it's going to be very hard um, for the club to uh, attract players, I guess, if you want to say, because there's nothing we can't go out and say, hey, look, sign with us. You know, we have Champions League football the, you know, in the new season, or hey, sign with us, we have um, Europa League, which 
obviously a lot of guys want to play Champions League and Europa League. Um, but you can't go out and say that. And this is this is kind of this is kind of like what happened with Chelsea a few years back, where they missed out on all competition. And I believe the following season they won the Premier League and they're you know they're back in Champions League. So if you can follow that blueprint, I would take it. Um, but it doesn't look good right now. Um, in terms of the summer, what happens? We're gonna have to wait and see. Uh, Leno's voiced his displeasure. Apparently, he wants to leave the club. Um, Baron is, I guess, all but gone. Club is probably going to entertain offers for Lacazette. He's entering his final season. Um, Reese Nelson, we, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. Joe Willick has almost single-handedly kept Newcastle up um, f- from his loan there. So, do you do you cash in on Joe Willick, or do you bring him back for another season and you see how it goes and you kind of evaluate after that? When Joe Willick was loaned out to Newcastle, I said if we get any offer, well, I mean, not any offer, but anything over 20, 25 million, I think you take it. But now I'm looking at his performances for Newcastle. I'm like, uh, I would kind of take him back in the club, at the club. Odegaard's going to be gone. I'm not saying he's, you know, Odegaard's level or anything like that, but there's going to be a spot open there. Are we going to sign anyone? I don't know. A lot of, cl- a lot of guys might be leaving the club. Like, we also have, I believe, Kochin is coming back, and I don't know what the deal with is Mustafi with his. Sabayos is obviously gone as well, so there's there could be a lot of guys leaving the club. Um, uh, and if, I mean, obviously, if Leno leaves, then maybe, maybe make the Matt Ryan uh, deal official, because I don't know if we're going to get another goalie back um, uh, in just this summer. But um, you, you kind of look what you do with Willick. I would bring him back. I'm going to say don't sell him. And I know I said when he was, you know, offered to Newcastle, when he left for Newcastle, I would have taken any offer for him. Don't sell him. Bring him back. I would bring back all the players who on loan, whether it was with Ipswich, with, um, I think there's someone at Doncaster. It doesn't really matter. But bring all those guys back in the preseason. Run out some of these young players. See what you have. Make a decision if you're going to sell or you're going to keep or you're going to loan out. Everyone gets kind of like a clean slate. We're going to have to see what happens with William Saliba. He should be competing. Arteta said he's going to give him minutes. He should be competing for a starting spot. Um, I just think that, you know, the job of Arsenal was too much for a manager of Arteta's stature. He had no experience. I get that he's Pep's, you know, right-hand man, but it's not the same thing. Managing your own club is much different than sitting next to Pep and saying, yes, do this, whatever. He's asking for your opinion, and you just kind of say, yes, do that. It's much different. Everything depends on you. His communication, I think, with the players has been poor. I'm not saying he's never going to be a good manager. I think that he can be a good manager for teams like Valencia, like Villarreal, Sevilla, Bilbao, whatever. Those like second-tier kind of um, Spanish clubs. I think France, he could probably coach anywhere apart from maybe PSG. Like in the Premier League, if he stay, I don't know. I don't know where else he can he can get a job. Maybe Everton once, um, once that Gelati's gone because he's you know kind of like a legend at the. I don't know if he's a legend at the club, but he played there for a very long time. Like Italy, maybe China. I don't know. I just think that this job is too big for him. And a perfect example is what happened to Andrea Pirlo at Juventus. 
Pirlo was supposed to take over Juventus's U23s. Juventus said, scrap that. We're going to bring him in. He's going to manage our first team. No experience. I think Pirlo had less experience than even what Arteta had. So what happened at, at Juventus shouldn't really be a surprise, although I still am kind of surprised because of how many titles they won uh, in a row. And I just thought, you know, they have the quality there. They have Ronaldo. They'll make it work somehow. Ronaldo's made it work before. Um, although this is probably the worst team Ronaldo's played on. But um, he's made it work before, but he just hasn't worked out. And there's no way I don't think that Juventus brings Pirlo back. I, I just don't see it happening. And they have, at least they have a good option in Massimo Allegri, who they can bring back to the club. He's familiar with the club. He's been there before. He speaks the language. The issue with, I would love Allegri at Arsenal, but he just doesn't speak English very well. Like, and that's a big time barrier. And I get that, you know, um, Unai Emery didn't speak English. I don't think he spoke English at all, to tell you the truth, before he came to Arsenal. But he learned very quickly. Uh, and I know there's the whole jokes about the good evening and stuff like that. But the guy learned a language because his job was in a new country where, you know, that was the first language. And I think he did the same thing when he was at PSG. I don't think he knew a word of French. And he learned the language, obviously not fully, but, you know, before he took over or as he took over. So... You know, I don't want to mock him for that and what have you, but... And look, Unai Emery was back on his feet. He found a job right after Arsenal. Good for him. He's managing. He's in the finals. Um, and he's he's going to be one of those guys who's always going to have a job. And I think Ar I think Arteta could be that type of guy. Like, he can always have a job. It just might not be with, like, the best teams ever. Like, he could take over Sampdoria or something like that. Udinese or whatever the case may be. But hey, just keep around the, the top five leagues if you can and, you know, you can make something out of it. Um, so I touched on um, the the transfer players who could leave or the, the Arsenal players who could leave. You know, coming in, you need a you need a left back for Tierney. Right back, I don't know what the heck is going to happen because, you know, you could have, I guess, Cedric and Chambers. Unless you bring in someone. Center back position. I think there's more than enough center backs. I think you maybe question the quality a little bit. Pablo Mari's been fairly good this season. Um, Gabriel's been really good. But he's also had some downs. Um, but I would say overall, Gabriel's been a, a really good center back. Um, you know, going to bring in William Saliba from his loan. Um, holding what have. I'm not that big of a fan of holding, but... As like a fourth or fifth center back, I guess he'll have to do. Um, Mustafi's probably not coming back. David Luiz most likely isn't coming back. If he does come back, okay, that's cool. I don't mind David Luiz as, you know, when you sign him, you know that the mistakes that are going to come with signing him. Like what he does on the pitch sometimes is crazy, but he's still a very experienced player. Um, I think you're going to need a defensive midfielder. The attack in terms of like left wing, right wings, attacking mid, I think that's good. I don't waste your time. I get that Zaha's out there, but um, there's other positions of need. What we're going to pay for Zaha, we could bring in, you know, a left back and a defensive midfielder for that money. Um, up top, you still have Aubameyang. Balogun signed his new contract. I'm excited for him. Very excited. Uh, Eddie and Kedia, I think his 
deal is either done this season or next, so he's probably going to be gone. If Arsenal gets a good offer, he's probably, not probably, he's going to be sold. I think West Ham was offering something like $25 million not long ago in, in December or something like that, January, maybe even before the season. But um, And, you know, we kind of kept him around. And he's had chances, you know, to kind of play. He just hasn't produced that much. But Lacazette, we're going to have to see what happens, as I mentioned. I think goalkeeper is going to become a big, big issue now. Um, if you can make the Matt Ryan deal permanent, I think he's a, I think he's a fix for the time being. I don't know if he's a number one, probably isn't, but he's a he's a good fix for the for the time being. A runner sin, a lot of work to do. Um, I think Onana was a name that was mentioned as well on one of the um, British sites. Uh, the goalkeeper for Ajax, I would not mind Anana at all. I was a very good keeper as well. He's been in Ajax forever. I wouldn't mind him. But like I said, the issue is going to become attracting players because there's no lure of Champions League. There's no lure of Europa League. There's no Confederations Cup, whatever, Confederations League. By the way, I'm I'm going to love that tournament as well. I like the, I like the smaller tournaments a lot, Europa League and confederation i think that's what it's called um so i'm looking forward to that but like that the confederations league isn't going to be something that's going to lure players in and i truly think that the english teams i think there's one or two english teams that are participating they might just use a b team i don't know if like if liverpool's in that i don't think they're going to be using mane firmino and um asala if if all three stay i think that's going to be like the second team mixed with in some first team my personal opinion but we'll have to wait and see because a lot of teams don't even use their you know uh, their a team in europa league let alone on another league but um so so i think that's going to become an issue and i'll back arteta as long as he's the manager i guess um one one thing i'll say is when wenger was coming close to his um leaving the club i was i was a wenger out guy but i kept in the back of my mind listen he's been here for a very long time 25 plus years the next guy who comes in he's probably not going to be here longer than three or four years boom the guy that was here was less i think a year and i think that's something that you know we have to be aware of but we also didn't think it was going to become a coaching carousel the way it has like if Arteta is gone, this is going to be we're going to have to hire a third manager in what two years? Like that's a lot. There's no stability. Um, the ownership stuff. Oh boy, we're going to have to see what happens with that as well. Um, Daniel Ek, we'll we'll see if he uh, the bid is apparently 1.8 billion. Um, we'll see if the Cronkies bite on that. But I think if Daniel Ek comes in, it's going to be kind of a clean slate. I think if he does come in, I don't know if Arteta is going to stay. I think he might clear out house with a lot of the players. Um, and we're going to be after starting from, from zero all over again. But, you know, I kind of take that right now because, honestly, this could get a lot worse before he gets any better if we um, stay with the same management, stay, same ownership. Um, read some things that Kroenke said. He's going to give the club money this summer to spend. We'll see how that works out. We've heard that before. Uh, but it's also up to the club to spend it correctly. I mean, we brought in Pepe. Nothing against Pepe. I really like him. I think when he's on, he's really damn good. But when he's off, he's awful. 
I think that money could have been spent elsewhere. I think we had players at that position even when we signed him. Um, so, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. But I think the more pressure that Kroenke is put under, the more likely is he's going to be to sell. And I said this in the last podcast that I did, which was two days ago. Um, if you keep the pressure up, I think he will sell. But it's got to be consistent pressure and constant pressure for the next three or four months. Like this can't, this Daniel X stuff has to keep going for the next two or three months. Like we can't go where where it's like two or three weeks to up to a month where we don't mention anything about it. And then he comes up again. This, like there's got to be backing. Like Henri is backing. Burkham is backing. You know, Ian Wright, we have to get on board. Arsene Wenger, if he wants to come in, get him on board. Like it, I think it's, it's so important to have former legends of the club backing like an, a, a new ownership because that's kind of like the last straw. And obviously the fans will back him as well um, because a lot of the fans have had enough of Kroenke and all these other guys. So the fans would back it as well. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very interesting summer. Um, it's a... Uh, Euro summer, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, you know, players emerge, you know, kind of out of nowhere, make a name for themselves. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens with that. But if the club is going to be sold, it's going to have to be this summer. Otherwise, if it doesn't happen very soon, it might not happen for the next like 10 years. It just has that sort of feel to it. Like you feel if Kroenke gets through this, he's going to add on another five, 10 years to his tenure you know, holding the club. So, um, yeah, that's the episode for, for today and take care guys.